there was a prophet that couldn't bring a sermon if it was not the music first that they had to sing before he could bring a sermon. And it's amazing when the ministry of singing does a great job. It kind of warms up that heart, puts, you know, put it in the place where you get ready to listen to the word of God and let it, let them, you know, go ahead and say thank you to them because they have done a great job and God is going to keep on blessing them. Um, if you have the Bible lecture uh, and if you can put it on the screen, we're going to talk about John chapter 11 verses 1 to 10. And I have called this message, the name of it is the glory, a sample of the glory of God. And many of you have read these verses before, John 11, 1 to probably 50. Many of you have read the whole chapter 11, and you remember Lazarus being sick and dying. Many of you remember that, but I tell you one thing, non-believers even know that those verses of the Bible, they have heard that. Unbelievers, they know that. And God, and I don't want to forget this part because there's something that I, I just want to tell you, and it's amazing. The glory of God is seen when the Lord wants to use an impossible situation to glorify himself. Because where there's need, that is where God wants to glorify. He wants to benefit the helpless, the benefit the needy in a level no one can resolve. If you remember the story, and I will appreciate after today, before you go, even go to bed, and if you can go back and read chapter 11, John chapter 11, before you go to bed, so you can have a, 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 an idea of what God is trying to say here, and with what we're going to go through today, you can kind of have a better grasp of, of the whole thing. And it's amazing. If we can read that, and if you can help me read that, it says, is that number one? Now a man, and it's going to be in Spanish as well. Now a name Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus was lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son might be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. 
So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But they say, Rabbi, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by these worlds light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. The glory of God is seen when the Lord wants to use the impossible, an impossible situation to glorify himself. Remember that word, glorified himself. John, in the book he wrote, he talks about seven miracles. And he's the one that kind of describes which one was the first, the second, and the third, and so on. Many of you remember which one was the first miracle that the Lord made. Who remembers? Water into wine. Water into wine. The Bible says, I'm going to step down. The Bible says that only the disciples and the people that were pouring the water in the jugs saw that miracle. And that's when the disciples believed. And the glory of God was first present in that miracle. Then he did all the miracles. Like he, he from, from a few loaves of bread and fish, he fed 5,000 men. And the glory of God was given to him was present. And then he said he walked on waters. But John is only talking about the miracles the Lord did in Cana'a. The wedding where he turned the water in wine was in a town called Cana'a, right, of Galilee. The second miracle, the Lord receives a man, a nobleman. And the nobleman tells him, my kid is sick and he's about to die. Can you go with me and, 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 and cure him, heal him? And the Lord said, your son is going to be well. Go back. And he says that the nobleman came back. He took the word of the Lord and he went back. The following day, as he was getting closer, it says that his people came to, you know, to him, and they told him, your son is well. And he asked him, at what time that happened? And they told him, such at this time. And he said, that was when Jesus Christ said the word. And his name was glorified. 
there is another miracle in chapter 9. And you know that he's telling the miracles and he's telling about a man that was blind from birth. And that's John chapter 9. Have you read that story? Isn't that amazing? That the Jesus you and me know, he can cure diseases that are, they come to us. We don't even know that we have them. And all of a sudden, they just accelerate, got us sick, and boom, we die. But there is miracles that he has done in which the person was born with a disease. And this is a man, a blind man. And the Lord just spit on the floor, created some mud, put it on the eyes of the man and told him, go and rinse that. And the man obeyed. He obeyed. He didn't question that. If it was me, I would say, man, this, this guy is playing a joke on me. But no, the man obeyed. And he went and he washed his face and he was able to see. What a wonderful miracle that was. What a marvelous miracle. Our Lord was performing such type of miracles. And guess what? The news spread all over the place. At that moment when that happened, all the communities around, they found out about it. You know what he did? He, there was this man blind. I knew the man. He was blind from birth. He was blind from birth. And I knew him. And he, he, I saw him on the street the other day. And he was walking. And he, he, he saw me. And he, he said, you, I recognize you. And God is doing that type of miracles. And when we get to chapter 11... Lazarus is sick. Why I'm doing this? Because I'm bringing a reference from what he has done in the past so you can look at what he's planning to do at that chapter 11. Lazarus is sick. The sisters are sending a message, a note, an email, a text, or whatever you call it, it's saying, Lord, the one that you love is sick. They're not saying in the message, come and heal him. It doesn't say in the note. Come and heal him, it doesn't say. And it didn't say, nobody said when the, when the blind man, nobody said, pray for him. Not even himself acts, pray for me. Not even the parents say, pray for him. Not even the disciples say, pray for him. Why? Because at that moment, people thought that that was an impossible it couldn't be done. It cannot be done, they said. Because they thought that God was limited. There was no reference in the Old Testament and in the New Testament at that time. There was no reference. There was no such thing about a miracle like that. How we box God sometimes and we limit him on things that he can do and he cannot do. We have done that, done that before, and probably kept, keep on doing it. Lazarus is sick. 
sick. And what the Lord did. That disease is to glorify the name of God and and glorify Jesus Christ. Lazarus is sleeping. He's going to be okay. The uh, disciples, they thought that he was truly sleeping. And right there, when you read that part, you're going you're gonna to say, hmm, truly they were too naive sometimes. Because what the Lord was saying was that he, was, he is the resurrection and the life. That he will raise him from where he was. It, no matter, it, did, it didn't matter if he was sick or dead. The Lord had his plans. And it says in the Bible, I'm glad I was not there, the Lord says, in Bethany. I'm glad I, was not, I wasn't there. The disciples were not in Bethany. The disciples were with the Lord because in chapter 10, it tells you that the Lord had an encounter with the Pharisees and he left because they picked up rocks and they wanted to kill him. So he left and he went to the side of the Jordan River where John the Baptist used to preach and baptize. So he went on that side. That's where the Lord received the note from Mary and Martha. Just a few minutes ago, I told you about a man that came in, a noble man that came in, and he told the Lord, go with me and heal my son. And the Lord said, go, he will be healed. And as you read the Bible, you're going to find out that the Lord could do that or could have done that with Lazarus. If he was sick, he could have healed him long distance. The Lord was just almost two miles away from Lazarus. But we never know the plans of the Lord. We don't know what he's planning. There was a situation. There was something happening on the side of the Lord, right there on the, on the Jordan River, where the Lord was training the disciples. Because he has told them, this disease is for the glory of God. And whatever happens, whatever I do, or whatever he's going to do is for the glory of God. And this is a training for you. What's happened in Bethany? In Bethany, you have all these people coming in from Jerusalem to visit Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. You have these people coming in and saying, no worries. He's coming. He's your friend. He's like he did with the blind man. He's going to heal Lazarus. No question about that. He's going to do it. He's your friend. He's, he's his best friend. He's coming, and he's going to do it. Many people think that God is good, but they don't believe in God. Many people think that God is good. Many people think that the church, even with the imperfect human beings that receives, they think the, the church, I mean, the, the church is good. Many people think that. Many people think that the gospel is good. 
there's a bunch of them that don't believe in God, and there's a bunch of them that uh, are hypocrites. What was happening in Bethany? There was a bunch of hypocrites. As you read your Bible in chapter 11, you will find out. I'm glad I wasn't there because what's going to happen and what I'm going to do is for the glory of God. And whoever sees that is going to believe, even you, he's telling his disciples. And God has a plan. He's training his people. And I remember something about the Old Testament that I read some time ago. When the Lord brought his people out of Egypt. Have you read that story? The people are coming this way. There is the sea. And the Lord tells them, cross it. They cross the sea. If the Lord tells them, because many people will say, as they read that the leader, Moses, was mistaken. The leader, Moses, had no vision. The leader, Moses, he didn't know what he was doing. But God, when you read chapter 8 of the book of Deuteronomy, he will tell you, I did that. If the people of Israel, once they cross the sea, they make a quick left and they follow the shore of the Mediterranean, right away they come to the promised land. Right away. But Lord, the Lord told them, no, make a right. And the Lord says in that book, chapter 8, I did that. Make a right, and they make a right, and they went straight to the desert where there was no life, where there was nothing. There was no life, and there was nothing. I did that. I took you through there. I brought you out of there. I made you go across that, and I told you, make that right. And I did that, and I brought you into the desert for one reason, for training. And it's the same thing that is happening in that chapter 11 of John. God has a plan and he has a training for his disciples. Not only that, but he has a training for you and me because these people are gone. Israel is gone. The disciples are gone. You and me are in. And we are in that training. We are in that training now. And he, you will hear his voice saying, I did that. I brought you into that desert. Didn't he provide? The people say, I'm hungry. You brought us over here. You're going to feed us. And you're going to give us food. And get what, what God did. He fed three million people. Food came from heaven. And it was not that, oops, I'm hungry still. He provided more than enough. And he will provide more than enough in your life. Whatever situation you're going through, whatever you're going through, he will provide more than enough because he knows you. He knows you and he knows me and he knows what you need and what I need. Praise the Lord. 
He said, he brought, I did that, he says. It wasn't Moses. It was not his mistake. It was me who did that. He cornered these people in. So they couldn't do anything. Two options they had. Either you complain or you believe. In that situation that you are in right now, my brother, my sister, either you complain or you believe. And that was what the Lord was doing in that chapter 11. I know what I want to do. Because once I do that, the glory of God is going to be visible and the glory of Jesus Christ. He has a plan for your life. Many of us like to tell God how to do things. The people in Bethany were doing that. He's coming and he's, he knows what he's doing. He's going to heal you. You know why? The hypocrites were saying, you know him. You cook for him. He sleeps over here. He, you know, he's good friends with this man. Whatever he's going to do, he's going he's gonna to cure him. No problem. You got that in your pocket. They were trying to tell God how to run his business. Don't we try to tell God how to run his business sometimes? But he has his own plans. And Lazarus is dead. And previous to that, uh, the Lord says, let's wait another two days. He knew what was going to happen, right? That was in his plans. The people of Israel... That was in his, in his plans. I did that. You know why I did that? Because I wanted to see what was in your heart. That if you were going to believe or if you were not going to believe. I did that because I wanted to make sure that what's in your heart is you believing in me. And finally learning to trust completely in me. I don't want you to trust in yourself. I want you to blindly trust in me. And that's what he's doing. That is what he's doing. That's the training. Either you complain or you believe. If you complain, you're going to be complaining to the day you die. Because if you're thinking that God is going to change, you're going to die thinking that he's going to change because God does not, does not change. The Bible says that there is no shadow of change in God. God doesn't change. Either you do the two things, like I said before, either you complain or you believe. If you complain, like I told you before, but if you believe, do like David did. I will believe in you until the day I die. Amen to that. Do you believe that? That is the training that we're going through. That is the training that we're going to go through. That is the training that is it's happening now. Like I told you before, the people of Israel, they're gone. The disciples are gone. You and me, we are in. Are you for that training?
So he made it to Bethany, and before he enters Bethany, gets what's happening. One of the sisters comes out running and say, Lord, my brother is dead. If you were here on time, he'll be alive. Yeah. And they blah, 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 they talk. And the other sister comes in, and guess what she says? The same thing. If you were only here, my brother died, if you were only here. What they were saying to her, it's your fault. It's your fault that my brother died. You took your time. You took your time. And it's your fault that these things are happening, and that's what we go, we're suffering, and we're going through this pain and these things. We're questioning the plan of God. We're questioning what God wants to do with our lives. We're questioning what he can do. Because there was no records, my friends, my brothers, my sisters. There was no records of things like that happening before. But we had one, the blind man from birth. There was no records of that. Never happened before in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Wait a minute. So food comes from heaven. That's a big miracle. Water comes out of a rock. And all the animals drink and all the people drink. The whole world drinks and the water keeps on flowing. And it's a great miracle. And now he heals a, a man blind from birth. And now he has all these people that die. He has raised them up. And wait a minute. The Lord says to them, he cried, the Bible says. But he got very sensitive spiritually at that moment. But it's because what he saw and what he found, all that hypocrisy and that Bethany. Because as soon as he came in, as soon as they saw him coming in, guess what they say? Look. He's coming. He's here. He's too late. He let his best friend, the one he loves, die. What a friend. I, you know, that type of friend, I don't want to have any. I don't want to have any of them. Like that. And he was listening. But they were not picking up in that training. They were not picking up that he could do things. He could do the impossible on the one that needs that. Because what God does is he helps the needy. He helps the, the one that it's in a, in, a, in a very, how do you call it, a situation that it's really bad. He will perform. But he will only perform if you get closer to him. If you get near him and if you ask him, God is not a microwave that you can push a button and tell him what to do. And these people in Bethany were doing that. They thought that they could tell God what to do. When what he does, he does it when he wants at the time he wants. And he told the people open that 
remove the uh, storm. And somebody opposed to that. One of the sisters opposed to that. I'm not going to give you names, so when you read it, you can get the whole story. And he said, Lord, he's been there four days, and he already smells. Somebody's opposing to that. I don't think my brother is going to come back from there. He already stinks at his four days. There is a message right there. Resignation and somebody giving up. And what the Lord did is open that. And what follows is amazing. He calls that man out. Even though he was there for four days and he already smelled. And that man came out like this. Because he was bent all over. And say remove all that and clean him. Isn't that a sample of the glory of God? Isn't that amazing that God still tells you, I did that. I did that. I brought you in. I took you to the desert. It was me. I did all that because I want you to trust fully in me. Do not depend on yourself. The things that I can do, I have done that. And today he can do more than what he did in the past. God can heal any disease because if we go to God and we ask him, God, has your hand shortened it? So you're not able to heal that cancer anymore? And guess what the Lord is going to say? I can do it all. Say it. He can do it all. And I believe that. He's amazing, my brothers and my sisters. And while we're going through that situation, think that today the Lord can heal you or can take that disease away. But I'm not talking about just physical disease. I'm talking about that disease that deals with your psyche, with your happiness, with your feelings, with your heart, the psychosomatic type of disease. I'm talking about that. The Lord can heal that one too. And you can be 100% Healthy in every way. God is amazing. What he has done there, he can do now here. And we've been praying for that. We've been praying for this place to receive that or to have that. Or for the Lord to heal anyone here that needs that. Because now we believe and now we understand that he can do that in your life and in my life. And he's amazing. And I hope this morning you receive that. And I hope this morning you can take that home and you can think about it. And know that you're in a training and that he wants to do things not in your life, but in the life of your family and bless you. But don't forget to glorify his name. Because sometimes we want to take 10% of the 100% that he does. 
on that glory I'm talking about. Please, give him all the glory, all the honor, and everything it's going to be for him. And make sure to remember that what we're doing here is good because the church is good, the gospel is good, the Holy Spirit is good, and all, all the things that we do is good. The non-believers know that, and they know it's good. We should have lines of people wanting to come in here and receive that good. But it's our job to know that as we receive, we have to give away. Let us stand up. I am... Um, I reduced the message from three hours to this time. So, <laughs> Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the gathering and the commitment of these brothers to come in and to praise you, Lord. But we don't come in alone. We come in in community. And together we praise you. And we want to honor you in unity. We want to tell you that you're an amazing God. And Lord, we know that we cannot trust ourselves, that we cannot depend on ourselves. We know that we need to depend on you because you will provide. Where there is nothing you will provide because that's what you want for us to be in a situation that there is nothing, that we cannot do anything, and nobody can do anything for us. So we can trust blindly on you. And we want to do that. We want to do that, Lord. That when we fight these big battles like Samson did, that he fought this big battle and killed a hundred soldiers. And then at the end said, I'm thirsty. And he said, are you going to let me die of thirst after this big victory? And when he turned his back, there was water coming out of the walls of that place and he drank and he glorified the name of the Lord so we can do that in our lives because we're going to have every day of our lives we're going to have the opportunity to go through situations difficult some of them more than others but we have the chance to glorify your name and to get closer to you so we can receive from you what we need and you know, you, we know that you're going to provide, Lord. Father, we ask you this morning for a blessing. So can everyone in here receive that blessing from you? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for putting in the heart of that person, touching the heart of that person. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing that. I know there's going to be a seed planted in that life and it's going to grow and it's going to blossom and it's going to give fruit because God is faithful. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to keep on doing. And we ask you this morning to stay with us. And like Psalm 121 says, we thank you for taking care of us as we were coming and we ask you to take care of us as we're going home. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you.